This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 486 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Dr. John Meyer. He's the president of Hodges University. Dr. Meyer, how are you doing? I am doing great, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thrilled to have you for a number of reasons. Uh, uh, one of them is you, you, you've, you've sat on both sides of the equation, right? Both as obviously the president of Hodges University, but also an alumnus, right? So, no, all true. I, I was yeah. a student. I've been faculty. I've been been in a lot of different roles. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, boy. So you've been an institution in this community for quite some time. Looking forward to hearing from your words, what it's done for you and, and what you guys are doing currently in the, uh, the Fort Myers, Naples area. That's that. I think that's like 12 podcasts all in its own. <laughs> it sure maybe another 24 of them about what, where I think we are in the, in the uh, region. Briefly, what it did for me is what I, what I like to think we continue to do for the adult degree completion student, which is that it provided for me a vehicle, a place to go to be able to get the studies done that I needed to do to earn the degrees that I needed to earn to move myself from the place that I was in my career to the place that I wanted to be. And, um, you know, that's that's a lot harder than simply having a schedule that works for somebody who's working for a living. That's having professors who understand what's going on. That's being in class with other students who are similar to you. Um, and I mean, the list goes is, is really a rather lengthy one. And this is a thing that, that Hodges has always done well. Yeah. But from a, a uniqueness standpoint, you know, what would you say, Dr. Meyer, that makes Hodges University unique? So for us, I think um, it's it's, you know, unique means maybe one thing, but I'm going to expand the definition for the purposes of today's podcast. Um, and say that it's a couple of things that make us unique. First thing is the demographic that we serve, the type of student that we serve. So if you look at our demographic there and you said, okay, what's your average student? What's your typical Hodges University student? Well, it's going to be um, a female. She's going to be 33 years old. She's probably going to have children. She may be a single mom. um, And she's got a greater than chance probability of being Hispanic or identifying as Hispanic. Um, Those are all things that a lot of other institutions in the region can't say. In fact, we're the only ones in the region that can say we're a federally designated Hispanic-serving institution. Wow. Wow, I had no idea. No, nobody ever does. We keep it a secret. (laughs) Good for you. Wow. I love it. I love it. I mean, that uh, that criterion, by the way, 25% of your population, of your student population, has to be Hispanic we're at 44%. So it's a significant chunk of our population. Mm-hmm. And and the two other components of that, the age, 33, yep. um, female. Yep. Um, and, you know, juggling, I, the first thing that comes to mind is a mom juggling, you know, kids and trying to figure out the whole career thing. Um, but you guys have, have obviously, you've done a great job in accommodating that. Uh, Assuming, I, I mean, obviously not all 33-year-old females are married and have kids, but, you know. Right. <laughs> so it's an interesting thing. Um, if you look at, more broadly speaking, the demographics that are, that are the demographic changes taking place in the country, mm. what we're seeing is more and more and more 
women going to school and fewer and fewer and fewer men going to school. Mm -hmm. You also see more and more and more women in the uh, labor force and fewer and fewer men in the labor force. It's a, a, depending on your perspective, either an interesting or, or maybe I could come up with some different words to, to describe it, maybe trouble, troubling um, statistic, but, but there it is. So it is the women who are coming, going to school. It is the women who are, as you say, juggling the various responsibilities. Um, and and it's, it's interesting that I think just maybe psychologically, they get to a place where they recognize that um, to get to, they get their mental arms around the idea that I need to do this to move ahead in my career. Uh, and, and I can speak from experience on this. It, it, it does take some gymnastics to get to that place. Mm-hmm. You don't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go to school because I got nothing better to do. Right. You have that epiphany two years before you actually commit to doing it. And you have to get the elements in your life in order so that you can go off and do those things. Um, and it just may be that, that women are more efficient at that lately than men are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would second that based on the women that I know, my wife being one of them. So, yep. uh, yeah. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> How about your journey? How did you get into higher education and why? Oh boy, what a great question. Um, honestly, I, I, if you had asked me when I was my younger self, would you ever see yourself having anything to do with education at all? I would have laughed at you. I probably would have used some colorful language <laughs> um, given the part of the country that I'm from. And I would have said, no, nah, no way. And uh, I sort of got into education accidentally. I had moved to Southwest Florida and um, Lorenzo Walker was uh, looking for an automotive technology instructor. And I had spent the previous 20 plus years uh, in the automotive technology arena. I was fixing cars and towing cars and things like that. Um, And so I applied for, interviewed for, and was lucky enough to have gotten that job. So my first toe in the water in education was in vocational. Hmm. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I took a management job, an administrative position as I was finishing up my MBA at another vocational school in Florida. And um, that, as they say, is that. And so I started with vocational ed, then became an adjunct instructor for Hodges University when I was graduated with my MBA. And then that bug bit me pretty well. And then, um, you know, the adjunct thing led to a full-time thing, led to a department chairmanship, and here we are. Wow, wow. Good for you. How about when it comes to myths or misconceptions of higher education, what do you hear that you can speak to? Oh, my goodness. And just another one of these really developed this as a long, long answer. But I can give you a few of what I think the, the, you know, the top five or something might be. The first myth would be that a degree necessarily makes you more money or a degree necessarily opens a door or a degree necessarily prepares you to do a certain thing. And that's not really true. I don't know that it rises to the level of myth, but it comes pretty close because it is the individual who must do all those things. So what the degree will do is um, get you a piece of paper that says you've studied a certain curriculum, right? But if you, for the sake of argument, go to nursing school, we have a nursing program. If you go through that nursing program and you pass all your classes 
and you get the nursing degree, but you don't pass the state licensure exam, then the degree didn't get you a job as a nurse. You have to get you a job as a nurse, right? Yeah. So um, the learning of, and the studying and the interest and the focus, those are the things that go into getting the degree if you've done it right. And it, those are the things that carry you forward to help you get, to help you leverage the degree. So I used to tell students on opening day, you know, think about where you want to go on the day after graduation and how you want to leverage the degree. So that would be, I think, uh, one myth that the degree necessarily makes you money. Um, the other myth is that you have to be really smart if you want to get a college degree or the, another expression of that is if you have a college degree, you must be really smart. <laughs> and um, I can attest to, to neither one of those. <laughs> Again, necessarily being true, plenty of smart people never went to college and plenty of average people have degrees. And uh, there it is. You have to be dedicated. You have to have, of course, a certain intelligence level and you have to be able to, you know, read and, and understand and comprehend and take risks and do those things to, to earn a degree. But a degree is not a measure of how smart you are. It's really more a measure of how tenacious you are. Mm. Um, another myth might be that if you hold a degree you're, and I don't, you're smarter than I am. So see my previous answer for why that would work. <laughs> uh, maybe another myth would be I'm too old to go back to school. That might be one of my faves. I'm too old to go back to school. Um, at this last commencement ceremony we had, we had a mother and daughter team uh, cross the stage and get their diplomas together, their degrees together. The interesting thing is that the daughter, I'm going to guess, was probably um, in her 40s or maybe even early 50s. Wow. So I hesitate to guess about how old the mother was, but do the math. Um, so clearly neither of them thought. I've had many students over the years who were in their 40s, 50s, even 60s. Um, and for them, it wasn't too late. For them, it was about achieving a life goal. Mm -hmm. For them, it was about proving something to or for themselves. So you're never too old to go back to school. So that's a myth. And maybe the last one, and this is another one that has teeth and it hangs in it for a long, long time, is that I don't have the time or I don't have the money. And really, I'm not going to call that one a myth. I'm going to call that one an excuse. You have the time. You just have to find it. And there's money. There's scholarship money. There's student loan money. There's, there's money. So um, if you are earning a degree and you are doing it for specific career progression purposes, then you have to do the calculation about whether the cost of getting the degree is worth it on the career end mm -hmm. on the back side of that thing. And if it isn't, then I would say go get a car loan and go buy a nice new, you know, Ford F-150, Ford or, <laughs> you know, um, that thing, at least you'll, you'll have a, a little fun with for a couple of years before it rusts into oblivion um, where, you know, if you, if you, if you don't want the Ford, get the degree, spend the money on that and that you'll have for a lifetime. And that will provide a positive return if you've chosen well for a lifetime. As far as getting the time, you have to find that. So you have to be willing to do a little less chasing rabbit holes on the internet or watching a little less television or um, maybe sleeping a little bit less or maybe making a conscious decision to, um, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesday nights are homework night for me. And so we're not going to play Yahtzee with the kids, right? And we do that on Saturday or whatever it might be. Yeah. So it's a question of uh, taking control of your time, control of your schedule, and fitting in what you want to fit in. 
And by the way, if you were to join a bowling league, I assure you, you'd find the time for that. <laughs> I don't have the time or the money to go bowling. Wow. Wow. I absolutely love your delivery. Uh, I, I mean, you're just um, to the point, uh, your, your comment about, you know, being tenacious and, you know, you're 100 percent correct on, on everything in that at the end of the day, you know, what do they say? If it's going to be, it's up to me. And education is an important role, but it's not everything, as, as you pointed out. You know, you, you have to take action. Right. You know, right. you have to you have to have a plan. Maybe it's not right for everyone because you're right. You know, from a career standpoint, maybe you're better off going right into a, a different path. Uh, but wow. Wow. Boy, this this. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the, these these paths are not mutually exclusive. I, I went to trade school when I was a kid. And I'm glad I did. I still use things that I learned from that experience to this day, and I'm pretty old now. So the you can go to vocational school, you can go to trade school, you can go to community college, you can go to a lot of different routes. And then later, if you want to uh, change direction and say, well, now's the time I want to go and um, get that bachelor's degree, or I want to shift gears or, or become something different, what you'll probably find is a lot of what you did before carries and will you know not only maybe brings in can be brought in for college credit in the new deal but it also um, these are life experiences that help you translate what you learn in school later right to life and so i would argue all day long that people who come back in their late 20s early 30s have a huge leg up when it comes to being successful in school because you have life experience to draw on yeah yeah, that's a really good point. Boy, I think back to my college years and how distracted I was and, you know, not having that real world experience. It it, it doesn't have the same, you know, teeth that yep. it would have had had I spent five or 10 years out there in the real world. So, you know, I read about some of your experiences in college. I think they went down in legend and song and we'll say <laughs> no more about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next question with that. So, <laughs> so, Dr. Meyer, when you're not leading the university, what do you like to do? Oh, my goodness. I like to, I like, I think two things above all other things. I like being out in the sun and I like machines. And especially I like machines that make noise or have power. So if they're electric machines or they are gas powered machines or diesel powered machines, I'm in. So if it's a car or a boat or a lawnmower or a drill or a saw um, or a chainsaw, so much the better. I'm a happy guy. So right. my decompression time is typically to be outside and working on something. Um, I like it because it's fresh air, uh, sunshine, mm -hmm. uh, time to decompress a little bit. But also, also you get some sense of accomplishment about, you know, I did something. What you won't find me doing is lounging by the pool or sitting on a beach or I don't do that very well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you certainly have your options down here and uh, uh, you're right, you know, with, with power tools, I, I know myself, the few times I cut the grass, it's like, you look back and you're like, wow, I agree. It's like, yeah. wow. you know, unlike what happens sometimes, uh, during a normal Monday through Friday, right? Where it's like, yeah. What did I even do today? I know I'm tired, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So how about your initiative with Goodwill Southwest Florida? What does that mean to the region? So this is this is actually incredibly cool. Um, so, you know, if you look at what uh, 
some of the things we've already talked about, what Hodges University does and most of our programming being aimed at developing the workforce. If you look at uh, what Goodwill Industry is doing in its uh, community resource centers, is it is developing, um, it also is doing some workforce development training. So they do some uh, computer training or they have in their community resource centers the abilities for people to go and get help with their resumes or to um, learn some basic sort of entry level kinds of skills. And I was having lunch one day with John Nato, who was their, their CEO, and we were sort of chit-chatting about, uh, you know, what each of us does, each of our organizations does, and how we might better work together. And it was one of those moments where we both came to the same idea at the same time, and that was, you know, what could we do if we work better together? And mm -hmm. the, the what could we do turned out to be if we could outfit the community resource centers, or at least some of them, as if they were Hodges University classrooms. So our furniture, our branding, our machines, our computers, our faculty. And we could put some of these programs around the community in areas where they may not be aware of who or what Hodges University is, um, then we could take the university to different areas in the region on a very elemental, very direct level. Hmm. And so the first one of these we started is uh, the Community Resource Center in Lehigh. The next one is the one in Port Charlotte. And so there we, we have about four or five more cooked up. And in each of these areas will be offering different programs, you know, that are sort of tailored to what that immediate area might best benefit from. Um, this very nicely ties in with an initiative that Goodwill Industries International wants for all of the, the good wow. around, around the world to be able to do to advance the educational level there uh, that they're being able to offer their mm -hmm. the people that they're trying to serve um, and i think that we are first in the country to do this so i think it's way cool wow wow yeah. love it's amazing when uh you know you put your minds together and and you have at the end of the day serving other people at the forefront what comes out of it so uh wow congratulations yeah, no, this is it's i mean from a, the standpoint of bang for the buck this is huge for yeah. everybody yeah neat all right i'm gonna have to get in one of those and uh, check it out i love it i love it how about hodges university five years down the road where do you see the university so uh charlie i see us as having led, so you're giving me five years to do this, right? So I'm going on record that I have five years. Ready, go, go. Yeah. So um, if you're going to give me five years to do this, I, five years from now, you're going to you're going to see that Hodges University has led the change, not will lead or is leading, but has led the change in higher education that higher education demands. If you uh, and I were to chat a little bit more, I would probably. Um, develop for you my thesis on why I think higher education is at a crossroads, why I think we are facing our Uber moment, and why I think we're an industry that's ripe for disruption. And like all industries that are ripe for disruption, you got two choices. You either let the world disrupt you, uh, which nobody likes to do, or you lead the disruptive charge yourself. Um, I think Hodges University is probably best positioned in this region to lead that disruptive charge. Um, and it will not be a bad disruption. It'll be a really cool disruption. 
when you're leading it, it always is, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wow. Wow. Well, this has been not only an eye opener, Dr. Meyer, but you know something for us to look forward to. I know our listeners really appreciate your time, and I'm sure many of them want to get in touch. Uh, what's the best way for them to do so to reach out and learn more about Hodges University? So they can go on our website, www.hodges.edu, or they can email me. That's jmeyer, M-E-Y-E-R, at hodges.edu. Um, either one of those will get them where they need to be, and we will make sure that anyone who does contact us, will, will, I'll make sure they get to the right place. Terrific. Well, Dr. Meyer, again, appreciate your time and wish you the absolute best there. Charlie, thank you so very much. I really enjoyed this. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.